A reading from the book of Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. You shall not bear hatred for your brother or sister in your heart. Though you may have to reprove your fellow citizen, do not incur sin because of him. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge against any of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For the temple of God, which you are, is holy. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you considers himself wise in this age, let him become a fool so as to become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in the eyes of God. For it is written, God catches the wise in their own ruses. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. So let no one boast about human beings, for everything belongs to you, Paul or Apollo or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All belong to you and you to Christ and Christ to God. The word of the Lord. said to his disciples, you have heard that, what is, that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. But someone, when someone strikes you on your cheek, on your right cheek, turn the other at one as well. If anyone wants to go to the law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. 
Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your neighbor's brother, brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. I know we might still be a little bit sleepy since it's Sunday morning, but by a show of hands, I need to know who here has the potential of becoming a saint? All of us. Exactly. Good. This homily is for you then. So, Now, think about it. If you were baptized as a child, this is what happened when you were brought to the church. The priest or the deacon asked your parents this question. What do you ask of God's church? And they gave that simple answer of baptism. But Pope Benedict XVI, he said implicit in that answer, he said, is that we want holiness for the child, to be set apart for God's purposes. That we want the child to have eternal life. We want them to be a saint. See, if you were baptized as an adult, you made that choice yourself. And think how critical baptism is. It's the gateway sacrament to every other connection with God's divine life. It's the way that we are grafted into a family much higher than the one that we have come from. And therefore, we become his beloved son or daughter. And that means that sainthood is not something for us to gain, but something for us to lose. St. Francis de Sales put it this way. He said, it is an error rather a heresy to say that holiness is incompatible with the life of a soldier, a tradesman, a prince, or a married woman. You see, holiness is not restricted to special people with special vocations. It's an offer made to every single one of us. And we often think of holiness as being good, doing good, and avoiding sin. And that's certainly part of it. But the bigger part of it is giving God permission to work in our lives. And if we are of his beloved son or daughter, it's about imitating the one who has loved us into existence. That's why we hear in our first reading, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. It's primarily about a relationship. Think about everything that we do in human relationships to maintain them. 
My parents at the moment live far away. I got to call them. I got to check in. Um, I got to acknowledge anniversaries and birthdays. I have friends that I communicate with. I, I apologize to when I've done wrong. I'm generous with them. The same thing with our God. We pray. We read his word in the scripture. We receive him in the sacraments. We practice virtue to the people that he loves. Those are all the ways that we do that. That's what he's always wanted for us. St. Paul put it this way, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be made holy. Holiness is accessible to all of us, but only if we want it. I love that quote from Peter Kreft. He's a great Catholic author and philosopher. He asked, can you imagine what 12 more Mother Teresas would do in this world? He said, no, you can't imagine it. Any more than anyone could imagine what 12 young Jewish boys could, could uh, bring down the fall of the Roman Empire. Again, talking about the apostles. He said, you can't imagine it, but you can do it. He said, you can't imagine any more than, uh, to, he said, uh, to become a saint. He said, absolutely no one and nothing can stop you. It's your free choice. Think about where that choice came up the first time. Our Lord starts his public ministry at the wedding of Cana. We always remember that, reason, that wedding for two reasons, either because we chose it for our own wedding or we're Italian and we understand that he made a whole lot of wine that day, right? But the real reason why our Lord shows up at a wedding is he's making a marriage proposal to us. I want to wed myself to you. Do you want to wed yourself to me? And see, like any marriage proposal we make, we don't demand it, we propose it. So that the other is free to say yes or no. And for the gift of salvation, holiness, sainthood to come our way, there has to be three levels to this choice to say yes. First, Mary had to say yes to God's plan to allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow her and to bear the Savior in her womb as a gift to the world. The second is that Jesus was perfectly happy as the second person of the Blessed Trinity, but he had to say yes to God the Father's plan to wed his divinity to our humanity and to humiliate himself in the sense of taking on the form of a helpless child, being this infinite God. And third, we have to say yes to this marriage proposal. I will allow you to work in my life, and I want to wed myself to you. St. Francis de Sales described holiness as this honest love of God, he said it was kind of like a nimbleness of spirit. He said if we let too much of the world in, he said it's like walking around when we're ill. We only get up and do it when it's necessary. It's painful and we limp along. He said, but if someone is full of God, he says they're quite spry. They, they dance, they jump, they run, they leap towards the Lord. That's why Psalm 119 said, I will run the way of your commandments. For you will broaden my heart. We probably all know deep down that we're called to be holy. But we're struggling a little bit to respond. All of us see obstacles and reasons why maybe this is not compatible for us. 
But the very hurts and limitations and weaknesses and wounds that we have are places of encounter with our God. You know, for 16 years of priesthood, people have asked me this question in a hundred different ways. Father, when is it going to get easier to be a Christian? When am I going to stop experiencing temptations? When will I hit this plateau or graduate, basically, is their question. My answer always is never. Not until you are dead and under the ground six feet. It doesn't go away and it doesn't get any easier. But see, there's hope in that. St. Paul said, why do I keep doing the things I know I don't want to do instead of things I know I should be doing? See, St. Paul also begged the Lord three times to take away the thorn in the side of his flesh. Whatever was tempting him or wounding him. And our Lord's answer was, no, but my grace is sufficient for you. If you lean on me, Paul, if you keep struggling, that's where holiness is found, is in wrestling to be more like our God, to be perfect like him. The letter of the Hebrews says, without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. In other words, if we want to go to heaven, being a saint really isn't an option. Because heaven is only full of saints, little s saints or capital S saints that we have named within the life of the church. The reason that we were created, the reason that Jesus died on the cross, was to bring us into full union with our God. The sooner that we're transformed, the happier and more fulfilled that we will be. St. Irenaeus said the glory of God is a human fully alive. I think the best place that our Lord's offers on display is in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Our Lord at this very moment is waiting at the door of our heart. All we have to do is accept that proposal and he comes into full communion. But what's stopping us from being a saint? The 17th century Anglican priest William Law, he pointed out perhaps a disturbing answer. If you will look into your own heart in complete honesty, you must admit that there is only one reason why you are not a saint. You do not completely want it.